Big Fish Little Pod. Today, we are going to talk about this idea of deconstructing the faith that you practiced as a child and reconstructing a new faith in your adulthood. I think many people, especially younger people, seem to be going through a process like that. I think other people kind of like when you told your uh, faith story, Dad, it was a little more linear. (laughs) But I think a lot of the other people that we have talked to both on this podcast and in real life um, seem to have a little bit more of a winding deconstructing, reconstructing story. So I've been looking a little bit into that. And a friend of mine actually sent me a quote describing that process and specifically warning against kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And I just want to read it quickly because I feel like the quote really um, describes it perfectly. So It says, when you deconstruct the faith that you were raised in, you may feel like you're not allowed to pray, thank God, or use words you've used your entire life. Like those were privileges you somehow forfeit when your faith changed. This can feel jarring. The idea that spirituality is all or nothing is also something you were handed, and you'll need to deconstruct that too. Wherever you land, just remember people have been crafting their faith since the very beginning, and you have always had permission to do the same. And I feel like this hit me in a, a number of ways. Um, I think the first is that it describes an experience that I've already gone through, which is thinking that as I explored spirituality beyond Christianity, that I could no longer consider myself a Christian. And actually, I've gone like full circle on that now, where when I talk to people about my faith journey and usually one of the first questions is, oh, how did your family take that when you decided not to be a Christian anymore or you decided to pursue different paths? Like my answer now always is like, oh, I I wouldn't consider myself a non-Christian. Like it it used to be, oh, my family is so supportive and they're amazing and it doesn't matter, which is also true. But I think this idea of having to drop one faith in order to pick up another faith, like that's no longer... Um, present in my life anymore. So I really appreciate the um, description of that. Mm. But I also really love the second part. Wherever you land, just remember people have been crafting their faith since the very beginning and you have always had permission to do the same. And I think that is like a place for me where I'm still stretching, where like, yeah, I get that. I kind of am dipping into different faith buckets. Um, But sometimes it still feels like I'm drawing outside the lines. It still feels like I'm kind of breaking the rules. But this idea that what I'm doing actually isn't unique or new, but that this has been going on forever. And I'm actually reading a book right now about apartheid in South Africa. And they just casually mentioned about how, like, in South Africa, like a lot of people were practicing Christianity right alongside believing in witches and hexes and um, spells, you know, and that they didn't see that as conflicting in any way, you know? Right. And I think, yeah, to just kind of own that, that that's, a, that that's common and that that's accepted and then that that's a phenomenon in the world and that that's something that I have a right to and that I can embrace and really own, yeah, is really nice and I think is a kind of stretching point for me that I'm excited to dive deeper into and also speaks to the future of faith and the church which I think you are often pushing for me that 
my multi-faith background is not a weakness and a confusion, but actually a strength mm. for my future career in ministry, because that's the direction that actually many people are going. Um, and to be able to have religious literacy across the board and to be able to connect with people of different traditions and faiths is really important. Right. So, right. Yeah. I'm just kind of meditating on all that. Nice. Nice. Um, it brings up quite a few things in me. Um, one, you called my story linear, which <laughs> sounds like you're calling my story boring, but, no. um, but when I can drop that insult that I perceived, um, oh, no. I can, I can say, I think you're right. My story was more linear. You know, as I look at it, there were definitely things I rebelled against, you know, because because my grandmother wouldn't let us play cards on Sunday, even though even though we played cards every other day of the week. And it was one of (laughs) one of the most fun things our family did. It was an mm-hmm. intergenerational, wonderful experience. Um, Sunday, somehow it became unholy. And, yeah. and to me, it was very holy, you know? So yeah. I had to deconstruct that part of her faith and say, I don't want that, you know? Yeah. But I didn't have to get rid of all Christianity because of right. those things, because my parents had already told me that I was a child of God and that I needed to walk with God as I felt God was leading me. And so that gave me f- the freedom to deconstruct parts um, as long as I held on to God's hand, you know? Yeah. So part of my linear is that I never did let go of God's hand. I never, I don't have a point in time in my life when I got to the point where I thought there was no God. You know, I I haven't been there, you know. Um, So, and everything else, because of the way I was raised, told me it was okay to... In the old days, you used to go to a Chinese restaurant and they would have dinners for four, dinners for six, dinners for eight. And the only difference is dinners for four, you could choose one thing from column A and two things from column B. And if you had eight, you could choose three things from column A and four things from column B. You know, um, and that's what I was allowed to do with my faith, you know, whereas some of my friends were taught that even if they use the wrong word or the wrong translation of a Bible, then they were no longer part of the the faith, you know, so. Yeah. So that was part of my linear is that I had permission so I didn't have to step outside of it to then recapture some things. Yeah. I'm just thinking, sorry that I offended you. 
and maybe a better word would be focused. Oh, no, that's <laughs> fine. It, it was kind of boring, you know? <laughs> but it is true. I mean, I hadn't really considered it until you said that because I think a common thing that we hear here and I heard from the pulpit for a lot of my life was you saying, you know, in the Southern Baptist churches, I would have heard this. Yeah. And you will te- and you will say something that's either more conservative or more traditional or um, oftentimes a bit like exclusive of others. And so I think it's true, actually, you did go through a deconstruction and your ministry is different than your own father's ministry, mm-hmm. even though you really admired him and learned a lot from him, yeah. you know, yeah. like your style is different. Yeah. And so I think it's true. And I, and I didn't really consider that like deconstruction within your own religion that doesn't require you to switch religions, right. but requires you just to take on a different style because there's so many, even within one denomination in Christianity, right. there's so many different right. styles. Right. When I was a teenager and I read Seth Speaks, yeah, that was like freaky because that definitely didn't fit in with Christianity. The only place I could find it in the scriptures was um, when, when King Saul consulted the witches and, and they would do their incantations and receive messages, you know? Um, so that was bad, you know, but when I read the book, I'm like, wow, this doesn't seem evil. This seems Uh like a good thing, you know? And I had to, but I was allowed to wrestle with that. I didn't, I didn't fear for my eternal soul because of that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So that was helpful for me. Yeah. 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 And I think I'm lucky in my kind of deconstruction process that I really never had a bad experience with Christianity. So I never like turned away from Christianity. Yeah. You know, I mean, even when I was kind of rebelling against the idea of God, like I still chose to go to like a Catholic school, you know, where 60% of the students were Catholic and I went to mass every week, you know. Um, so like, I never, yeah. yeah, Like even as I was still exploring, (laughs) like I, I worked at a Christian camp and you know, like I, I never had like a bad experience where I really turned away. And so I think it was easy for me to also kind of come back. I think I more just kind of stepped away for a time, you know? Yeah. And then at one point as I got curious and, explored other scriptures and traditions, I started to think like, oh, maybe there's some value in the one that I was raised in as well that yeah. I didn't realize in the beginning, yeah. you know? Yeah. And honestly, like my experience with the Bible, like the fact that I was familiar with the Bible for so many years, but it wasn't until I was like 30 that I really studied it in a serious way and found such value in it. And then all of a sudden was like, Oh wow, people weren't just saying this. Like it's actually an amazing book. Like having that realization experience totally helps me in other traditions that I practice (laughs) where like the texts are ancient and hard to 
really dig into or the traditions seem foreign and confusing. Like I go back to that experience with the Bible where like for so many years, I just thought like, yeah, everybody says it's great, but it's kind of out of date and doesn't really have much relevancy. But then when I actually studied it, I realized I was wrong. And so I think about that a lot now, like when I hear other people in other traditions and I think like, yeah, I I hear them, but I, does that really, is it really relevant to their life? Are they just kind of, saying that you know i have like that experience with the bible to really remind me like oh no like it it actually probably is really valuable and you just aren't experienced enough in it to know about it yeah can you remind me of that last second part of the yeah it says wherever you land just remember Mm. people have been crafting their faith since the very beginning and you have always had permission to do the same yeah 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 um, so important. The book I just finished reading is called The Land of Milk and Honey. And it's about this farm that became a community. And it was set up by an ex-minister, a very conservative, independent fundamentalist, and an atheist. And they specifically said, we don't want to become a Christian organization. We don't want to become any faith organization, but we want to become an organization where faith is important, but not required. Yeah. We're allowed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even the part before that, it says like um, this idea that faith has to be all or nothing is an idea that you've been handed that you also need to deconstruct. And I think that's true. Like, and that's exactly what I was, what I grew up with in the Southern Baptist church. You had to believe it all or you couldn't have any of it. Right. And I didn't think playing cards on Sunday was bad. Yeah. And I got to the point where I didn't think, Anyone who drank could not also be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, And I did not believe that dancing was the same as sleeping with someone, you know? Um, And then as I started being taught in seminary, um, I found out there were two different creation stories in the first two chapters of Genesis. <laughs> uh, and and it, and then you find, oh, there's other verses that contradict other verses. And, oh, I've got to think through this and let the Spirit guide me and listen to other folks and But then there were my good Southern Baptist folks who would say, you can't pick and choose. You have to believe it all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because like there's so many other areas of our life where we're allowed to pick and choose. Right. You know, like where you, you know, you can say like, oh, oh yeah. Like I like that place. Like it's a little bit too loud for me, but I like going there. So we go anywhere. It's like when you subscribe to like a situation, a club, a restaurant, like, like a organization, like you don't have to 100% love everything about it, you know? Right. Right. Like, yeah. With religion, somehow it's like you either have to 100% like 
like condone everything or you have to pretend yeah. like you do you know right right or you have to pretend to just be like clueless right because like oh i don't notice that yeah you know? yeah um yeah but you know and and you know me i don't think well i do think i do think that any religion even though it's inspired by god and filled with the spirit it's a human institution right right you know and anything human has to be faulty yeah because we're not perfect spiritual beings yeah and even if it's not you know? faulty it's just we're a bunch of different people so different people are going to have right. different preferences like right like i remember right. when i was young like i hated the hymns hated that part right. of church i would go to the bathroom right. during the hymns right. i would do anything just to, like right. get the hymn like like whenever like you would say like okay we're gonna skip verse three i would be like thank the lord like this was five <laughs> verses, you know well at least i inspired your prayer life <laughs> but then i remember like i was talking to one of the other girls and she was saying how the hymns were her favorite part yeah like it was almost the yeah. only reason she came like she right. loved the hymns, right. you know. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I think like, why would I need to feel ashamed? Like, why would it need to be a secret that I didn't like the hymns? Right. You know. Right. Like, why right. can't it be that just like all the other areas of life, like we are attracted to different things about God, and that's yes. okay. You know, like even like the name yeah. Krishna, like Krishna means the all attractive one. Like, that's the idea, right. is that, like, God attracts everybody, like, it, yeah. but in different ways. Like, so for some people, right. they're attracted to God through music. For some people, they're attracted to God through nature. Some people are attracted to God through right. caring for others. Some people are attracted to God through philosophy and, like, scriptures. Right. Like, but that, like, God is the one person, the one being, the one energy that attracts everybody, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. but all in our own paths, you know? And yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. yeah, I really love that, like, about this quote that it's saying, like, own that. Like, yeah. own that yeah. because people have been doing that forever, you know? Yeah. Well, and and there's a scripture, one of my, I, I'm embarrassed that I don't know the address of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I could Google it. Um, <laughs> but... But I love it because it says we need to test the spirits. Yeah. You know, when someone speaks, yeah. you need to test the spirit. Yeah. When you read, you need to test the spirit. When you encounter something new, you need to test the spirit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I didn't see why you couldn't apply that to any faith yeah, and why you shouldn't apply that to your own faith, yeah. you know, and totally. your practices. Yeah. And the, you know? and the, the ways in which I think I could excel and embrace my spiritual practice, if I just went like in like the path of least resistance for me, you know, 
rather yeah. than forcing myself to do the practice or the study or the worship in the way that I think it's supposed to be done. But if I just right. embraced what like feeds me and fuels me and inspires me the most, you know, I think it would be huge for my spiritual life. Right. And, and like, I guess the thing that comes to mind for me church wise is one of the big challenges we had in one of our churches is some a couple of women started going to yoga mm-hmm. and and yoga uses language that isn't even english right and it is based on buddhism right it's hinduism <laughs> Oh, Hinduism, yeah. Hinduism. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and they were getting so much out of it. And both of them independently started using it with their devotions in the morning. Right. And, and they were doing Christian devotions with their Hindu, you know, yoga. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Um, and it was making a huge difference physically, emotionally, and spiritually in their life. Yeah. So they came to the Christian Ed Board and wanted to start a yoga meditation, um, Christian meditation in the morning at church. Yeah. And just invite people to start the day with that physical spiritual connection yeah. you know yeah. and it 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 darn near split the church <laughs> Be- because yeah. we were allowing this pagan spirit <laughs> into our church and not even pagan like <laughs> It's like, oh my gosh, yoga is all about health and peace. Yoga means connection, like the word in Sanskrit means connection. And and they were finding a connection with God through that process, which is what it was designed for. Right. But I mean, I have to say, like being in the yoga community, uh, the bhakti yoga community, you're talking more like hatha yoga or something more about physical right. postures. But like being in the yoga community, I mean, I could I could say the exact same thing, but about Christianity. Right. Like if right. you like, you know, you go to like a board, like of like a, a bhakti yoga like temple or something, and you want to say that you want to bring in like a class on the Bible or something, it's gonna, it's also gonna like cause like some rockets. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and so I think, and people know that. And so I yeah. think people are really shy to share these inspiring areas in their life that come from right. different traditions, you know? Right, right. And it's a right. real disservice to the person and to the community. Right. And right. I think it's changing, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. But, but I think, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really into this. I'm really, And I think that the biggest thing that I have found that you've really helped me with a lot is that the only way to make any change in this area is to just keep telling my story about it. Right. 
Because if I'm not going to be honest about right. my my kind of cornucopia of faith, you know, like right. that's the only way that it's going to become normalized is if we just talk about it and yeah. we're not afraid and we're not embarrassed and we're not, but we're proud, you know? And I think that's what I find yeah. in this quote. It's not just excusing it or giving permission, but it's actually like embracing it, both sides, both like the exploring a new faith that may be different than the one you were raised in and also not turning your back on that original faith, but embracing yeah. both sides and not being afraid, you know? Yeah, not being afraid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's and, the key. Yeah. And just knowing, and I think the thing, we talked about this in Bible study this week, actually, you and I, like, banking on it. Like, just yeah. prioritizing it. That, like, my relationship with God, my spiritual practice in my own life is my priority. And so I'm going to put that first. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie about yeah. it. And I'm not going to pretend I'm going to be honest about it because yeah. it feeds me, it nourishes me, it sustains me. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I don't need, I don't need anyone else to come along with that. Yeah. Because if I'm true to what I feel led to, God will lead me to the people that I need to be with. Totally. You know, well, God will keep Sorry. making those connections in yeah. me and with others, and we will connect as we need to. Yeah. Well, that goes back to that story you were saying about that book you read. Like, like yeah. God will provide the community, because I think that's true. Like, yeah. that's where it gets complicated. People are willing to sacrifice authenticity in order to have community because community right. is also a very important part of the faith journey. Right. But right. Trusting but, that there is a land of milk and honey <laughs> right. where God is at this moment creating a community yeah. of these people that will be fitting to you and that the only way for you to find them is to be honest and authentic. And, and the Apostle Paul tried to warn us about it mm. by saying, don't get caught in being the body of Christ, but having an eye say, you can't be a part of this because you're a hand. Mm -hmm. No, he tried to warn us that we were going to be different. Yeah. yeah. And that different things were going to attract us. Yeah. And we're going to be done through us. Yeah. And it would be silly if everybody was an I. Yeah. You know? Um, so don't fall into the trap of having to have everybody that belongs to your fellowship believing the exact same thing and doing the exact same thing. Because that's not a body. Right. Right. Totally. And it's actually a very, very weak body. <laughs> right. If it's all just a bunch of feet. Or right. Right. Well, like a brain, like just a brain can't do anything without the rest of the body, you know? Right. Right. Just an eye, just a thumb, 
Yeah. And that's what the whole scripture, and I yeah. do know the address of this one, that's First <laughs> Corinthians 12, you know, but, but that's what it, that's what that scripture is all about. Yeah. Don't feel like everybody has, don't put the pressure on yourself and don't put the pressure on other people to have to do and like and be the same. Find the beauty in the way we're different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, that has started with like finding the beauty in myself, you know. Right. Which is not easy to do. No, I, I really, yeah. I, I have spent a lot of time purposefully using words that I think the person I'm speaking to will be comfortable with so that. Yeah. I can tiptoe around the truth of who I am, you know? Right. And letting that go has not only allowed me to grow in my connection with God and with myself, but surprisingly, most of the people I talk to then share with me similar differences that they have in their own self. (laughs) So this week, find something about your faith that you love and pursue it and be ready to share it with someone and find something in someone else's faith that you love but that isn't you and build a connection with them by telling them how much you like what they have and what they share. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Big Fish Little Pod. We are having such a great time making this podcast, and we're really appreciating all of the feedback and input that we get from you. Please comment on the podcast post on my dad's Facebook page, or send us an email at bigfishlittlepod at gmail.com. Thanks. See you next time. So this week... Is that a cat? Yes, sorry. <laughs> the cat just like photobombed the podcast. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'll start over. <laughs>